and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I am Drew. And today we are going in the ever-ongoing pursuit of fame. Yes, indeed. Baby. We are off to the New York High School for the Performing Arts. We're ready to learn about how to get famous. Yes, we are. Now, from what I know, this is not just a school for acting. It's a school for musicians. It's a school for dancers. It's a school for anyone with some kind of artistic talent. Yes. Yeah, so it is high school for the performing arts. Yes. So, it, so it, this it is a little bit for everyone. Everything. Is its catchment area or its intake predominantly wealthy students or is it like open to everyone it is audition only it essentially is like the brit school yes so it's audition based okay so it's i feel like you have to pay to go there yeah but i feel like that's going to be a plot line for this that you're going to have some students that maybe struggle mm -hmm. financially sure i know that there is a jewish character called shlomo shlomo yeah so I, I, he plays violin mm -hmm. yeah i know that how do you know that? At university, one of my best friends yeah. was part of the musical society. Oh. And I was supposed to go see his copy, his version of Fame that mm -hmm. he was in because, like, supporting him. Mm -hmm. However, work wouldn't give me the night off. Well, that sucks. I know, it sucks completely and utterly, but I think it's it. But I know that he was Shalomo. Yeah, Shalmo. Shalmo. That's, I don't know, that's how I pronounce okay. I've always pronounced it. Well, he was that character, and I remember him... Like telling me about the the violin, yeah. And I watched him do it like for the first time of rehearsal, and it was just like, you know, I'm gonna stand here. Clearly, someone miming a violin, yeah. but like with none of the finesse of violin, if that makes sense. And Absolutely, it, it got better because mm -hmm. it was early rehearsals. So like, you need to look like you're actually changing hands. You can't be like just holding your hands still. Yeah, you have to look like you're changing your note. On oh the yeah, hundred percent. Like when we did School of Rock, and I was mm -hmm. miming the bass. It's really difficult because, like, you don't just want to strum, but you want to make it look like you're doing something. Yeah. And I'm not a musician, so it was very difficult. And I had to have a few pointers on how to help with bass mm -hmm. and and just like different hands to do and how to how regularly to do it because it just couldn't be like one two three four one two three four one two you know. Yeah. So, I know that we've got that character. I also feel like there is a character that gets very ill in this and like is on death's door. Okay. I don't know. Like, it can't be easy. It's not... It, we've, we've joked about fame being the prequel to Rent, or, like, Rent being the sequel to fame, because it's, like, when these characters are grown up, they're out it in the, real, the world. real world. Yeah, yeah, like, we joked about it on our Rent episode. I think more it's, like, a precursor to Chorus Line. Yeah, which I, I thought, God, I hope I get it, I hope I get it, Yeah, was from fame. Which, super interestingly, yes. uh, the person who made this, David De Silva, in 1976, there have been, how to describe this, rumours, essentially, yes. w in which people said that he went and saw a production of Chorus Line. Yes. In one of the songs called Nothing, a character sings about going to this school. The, so he's just written... The high school for performing arts and... That he was then like, oh, wouldn't it be so interesting to know what these characters were like at 
high school. Oh, so this might be like a chorus line prequel. Yes. This, oh. So this is what everyone thinks. And he's been quoted as saying that. But then also he like vehemently denies ever saying that. And that it has like nothing to do with it. Because one of the songs has a bit from it yeah. that sounds a lot like a song from Chorus yeah. Line. Where people are like, oh, come on. We know that you liked Chorus Line. Like, we get it. I guess it's one of those things like fan theories or like the Pixar theory that everything is connected. That maybe they're looking for mm-hmm. More than it's actually and, there. Yeah, and it probably isn't. Like, it's one of those nice like internet rumours. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong if it is like i think you're allowed to draw inspiration mm-hmm. you know it's quite nice that we're watching a show that seemingly doesn't draw inspiration from an older play yeah. uh, or, or an older opera and is is more of a unique story mm-hmm. is it semi-autobiographical no so it's it's completely it's just he wanted to write a, a musical about young performers which is absolutely fine i think it's a medium that lends itself to it because it's in its dna already Mm. it's not like you've got to find ways for the dance numbers and Mm -hmm. the songs to fit in like this is going to be a fun one to look at the teacher's end yes oh i can imagine are the teachers going to be like in glee like when (laughs) when rachel gets to nyada and her awful dance And she's teacher. got Kate Hudson, yeah. Are they going to be, like, nice teachers? Are they going to be nasty teachers? We've got to find Failed out. Failed actor teachers or, like, pro actor teachers. I am interested in seeing this one. Now, mm. I very much got the first song confused then with Chorus Line, but is there a similar song to, like, Waiting for the Auditions or I'm Excited for My Auditions as the first song of Fame? No. The first song in Fame is called Hard Work. Okay. They're at school. So they've already started. It's not like we're... we're following this key cast of characters who are like maybe freshmen or in their first year on no, like their so auditions it's just straight in day one or whatever we're at school and we're already thrown in the middle of it no so we see them auditioning yes with this song hard work where this school is basically telling them like look this isn't going to be easy and even once you're in this isn't going to be easy you're just going to have to get over it yeah and like Suck it up, do the hard work. Cool. Okay. Which I think is a fair enough. Yeah, hundred percent. I think like that's the way you uh you want to get them to go forward. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to be easy. If nothing worth having is easy. Yeah. You're gonna have to work hard for it. Cool. Mm-hmm. So when was this released? Is it seventies, eighties? So the original version of this came out in nineteen eighty eight. Cool. So it's quite a, a new musical then. Yeah. In Florida. Cool. The film, however was released in 1980. Huh, so it was a film first, Broadway, well, I say Broadway, but a show second. Yeah, so David De Silva, like I said, in 1976 began conceptualising fame. Yeah. He met a playwright called Christopher Gore in Florida in 1977, and he paid him $5,000 to work with him on a draft version of it titled Hot Lunch. Any particular reason? No, that's just what he wanted to call it. Fair. He he then sold it through a creative arts agency and it became like a complete bidding war between different movie studios. Cool. Yeah, and they were all trying to buy it. And then eventually De Silva got really sick of it and was like, I just want MGM to do it, please. <laughs> so he's just like, 
MGM have a reputation for musicals. My dream was mm. always MGM. That's who I want. Stop the bidding. Paid four hundred thousand dollars for the script. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty good. And they gave him a list of ten directors that they would approve for it, and they let him choose who. So they he wanted. was still going to work very much on the project. It wasn't mm. like he sold the rights and that's it. Yeah, because at this point the script's unfinished. Ah, okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. So they've they've not like said right, we're going to take over from here. We like the premise, but we're going to finish it. It's nope. Mm-hmm. You're still involved in this. Choose the director. That's very rare that that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Well, they still needed the director to get on board, so they yeah. hired Alan Parker, um, who had previously worked on Midnight Express, and that was very successful. And he signed on as the director in 1979. Cool. Met up with the Silva in New York. Like read the script looked over it and was like uh i don't really like this oh wow <laughs> i'm gonna change some things and how so did... they did a reworking of the script and made it a lot darker yeah i feel like it's a dark musical like from what i've heard of it mm-hmm. it is dark yeah so De Silva wanted to show the joy and energy and motivation of these kids let's get everyone to drama school yeah and Parker was like okay but also there's going to be a lot of pain in yeah, this situation kind of need to and we need to it see both. it too yeah. yeah because the original script was a bit like happy clappy like kind of typical tourist musical fare like I mean that complete respect mm-hmm. but a lot of musicals sometimes have the reputation of being like too idealistic yeah. And just like they're all style, no substance, which I think is nonsense mm-hmm. when you get a lot of amazing shows that deal yeah. with some very good issues. But, you know, I think people tend to see them as they're more expensive because they're for families and tourists. Yeah. And if you want meatier things, you can go see plays, mm-hmm. which I think is nonsense. But yeah. Well, that was basically the thinking was like, if we just have all these kids singing about how great it is to be at drama school. We're not going to get any 3D characters. Yeah, 100%. So we need to have them have some kind of conflict and it needs to be, they all need to have their own personal problems yeah. rather than just like, oh, isn't that teacher so horrible? We all hate him. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess why they changed the name from Hot Lunch to Fame? Probably because there was another working production called Hot Lunch because that sounds like a really good title. There was, but do you want to guess Seriously? What, what genre that other film was oh it's got to be like a porno or something 100% was yeah I can't believe I got that right I was being sarcastic (laughs) no it's true oh my god yeah no there was a porno being filmed at the time called hot lunch yeah Um, we don't want to and MGM were like no (laughs) yeah we don't want to confuse our thing about teenagers at drama school with a porno yep Uh, so they changed the name to fame and the film was released in 1980 I think fame's a great name because it sounds optimistic but you've also got like the perils of fame it's Mm -hmm. like careful at what you wished for yeah absolutely and even though the film had come out De Silva retained the stage rights wow yeah this guy did really well out of this he's he's definitely George Lucas MGM oh for sure like yeah you can have the film rights sneakily keep the stage rights yeah it's these like, are mine you can have the film rights but I keep the merchandising rights mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got Jose Fernandez to write the book uh, Steve Margos to write the music and uh, Jacques Le- Levy to write the lyrics and the first professional production was in the Coconut Grove Playhouse in Florida that sounds in like a fun <laughs> yeah how different is it to the film we're not watching the film we're watching a production but are they quite faithfully similar? They're, it's similar enough. 
I think is the way I will phrase it. Obviously, there's going to be some things that you can't do on stage that you can do on film because you've got the benefit of locations and obviously like camera magic. Mm -hmm. So I'd imagine a few things probably have to change, but ultimately no songs are cut, no songs are added. It's fairly simple. Songs are added. It's a longer, obviously. Okay, I don't know. It might have been, I mean, we've seen plenty of movies that are musical length. Yeah. So it opened in Florida. Then it moved to uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. In 1989. Then it opened in Sweden. Wow. Yep. In Stockholm in 1993. And then it finally opened in the year of my birth in the UK. 1995. Yeah. Opened at the Cambridge Theatre in London. It was the first stage production in the history of London's West End to open seven different productions within one decade. Nice. Was it? And it's also been shown in more than 25 countries. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Did it pr- did it premiere here in London before it got to Broadway then? Yes. That's weird for an American show. Do you want to hear how many there were before we got anything in America? Yeah. So, well, Broadway. Yes, because it's... Sta- yeah. So Florida, Philadelphia, Stockholm, West End, UK National Tour... U.S. cast European tour, West End Revival, U.S. regional tour, U.K. national tour, West End Revival, U.S. regional tour, U.K. national tour, U.S. tour, West End Revival, Off-Broadway, 2003. Wow. Yup. And then we're sliding down this list, all the way down, all of the versions that there have been, all the way down to the bottom to 2018. When it opened in on Broadway for a very, very short run. 2018. It took 30 years for it to get on Broadway. Yep. Wow. Yeah, because everyone seems the everyone's seen the film. No, I know, but that would be more like why having it on Broadway? Like you're gonna get more money there, more butts in seats if people like the film. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I bet it was built as like a 30th anniversary spectacular, and it's like a see it before it goes yeah basically it was a really short run wow so i'm assuming then the tonys are just broadway yes mm-hmm. it's not it, it never got any tonys or nominations did it get nominations in 2018 got a nomination at the oliviers yes in 1996 for best new musical best leading actor in a musical and best new choreographer and it didn't win any of them who was the leading actor shlomo no, but who was the actor? Oh, John Jacob. Jingleheim Schmidt. His name is my name too. I wonder how often he he has heard yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, John Jacob. I probably shouldn't make that joke at your expense. Mm. But Tony's, any success when it did finally premiere no. in Broadway? Wow. Nothing. But I guess that's because it's a show that's already well known and... Like, like we get it, it's fame. <laughs> That kind of feels like a shame because I was going to ask you how it would fare at the Tonys considering like it was a movie musical first. Mm, well, at the time. Well, so, but this, no, I know, but this is the thing. Like obviously Legally Blonde got nominations and mm-hmm. Shrek got nominations, but they weren't movie musicals first. They were like movie adaptations, but this was a musical first and then made its way to the stage. Yeah. And I wonder what the kind of guess response would be from critics and awards at that point in time Mm -hmm. 
I guess the answer is not very well received. Yep, basically. Is it critically well received then? I mean, to, to be going as long as it has done and obviously having national tour, like there are some really good shows that don't have permanent residences and that's fine because sometimes it can just be about the promotion of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't draw people in. But Well, between 1995 and 2006, it made £56 million in the UK. That's in all of the versions that were on here. Like, it's done really well everywhere it's gone. Yeah. Except for America. Perhaps it's because in America, Mm. it's too real. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, over here, you've kind of got the American fantasy of, like, what high school is like. Yeah. And it is fantasy. But maybe for people in America, it is just too real. Well, so... I'm thinking about how I'm going to phrase this. Yeah. So in America, the way that theatre is presented in schools, and I don't know that this is 100% true, this is what I know through American teachers that I know and through things like Encore and (laughs) Theatre Kid TikTok. Yeah. From what I know of American high school theatre, it's very different and very differently done to the way that we do it feels more cutthroat yeah and it seems to not be like i don't know whether this is true or not but i don't think americans have drama class as like a class i don't know i think it's only a choice subject yeah but it's a choice over here yeah but we make years seven and eight take it we do but not every school does that's true it becomes similar to what dance is like for us where it's an option in nine ten eleven the other sense i get from american like high school theatre is that they don't take everyone and that you will get cut yeah which is super interesting i think so so maybe it is just too kind of raw and real Mm. or maybe it's just because a lot of american shows that are successful actually stem from british culture you know my fair lady you said is the great american musical Mm -hmm. despite the fact it's based in england but Mm -hmm. It's that kind of romanticising the other culture. Like if there's ever a Downton Abbey musical, you know it's going to premiere in America first. It's going to be an American production. Mm-hmm. Whereas we might be more in line with creating American culture. I don't know. We talked about how Wind in the Willows probably wouldn't translate well over there mm-hmm. because it's very British. But it's our view of Britain. Like, Yeah. Well, it's even, interesting. So after the film came out, which was like critically and commercially very successful... Yeah. It, it was followed by a six-season TV series. Wow. Yeah. So it's definitely been a product that's incredibly well-received, incredibly well-liked mm-hmm. and successful, but just not successful maybe in America the way... I mean, a national tour is still successful. Mm-hmm. You know, arguably, you're hitting more people, and maybe that's what they'd rather do with it, is make it a show for everyone to inspire everyone to go to theatre school yeah, or, or music school. And you can't do that if it is just based in one small part of a city. Yeah. So maybe actually it has been more successful and their plan was always, it shouldn't just be a, an exclusive Broadway thing. We want everyone to experience this. Mm. And maybe it does mean more in America. Yeah. Also, apparently the film and the popularity of the film led to the creation of the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts. Cool. Mm. Has there been a remake of the film recently? Like, I feel like I've... Yes. Yeah. 
It wasn't good. Yeah. So we're watching a stage production. Where is the stage production from? UK. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Anyone I would know in it? So the version we are watching, we have Keith Jack, Georgie Porter, Mika Paris, Molly Maguire. You're not going to know any of these people. No, that's absolutely fine. I quite like it sometimes when I don't know people. Yeah. You know, we did. I didn't know Jeremy Jordan at first, and he's somebody I really like. Mm -hmm. You know, just for watching Newsies and then going on to watch other properties he's been in like the last five years. So mm -hmm. it's quite nice. I might make a new fan. For yeah. instance, like I hadn't seen uh, Cozy Zuelsdorf or Heidi Blickenstaff before, but I really would like to see more of them now post yeah. Freaky Friday. For sure. So the version we're watching, this is the 2020 cast and crew. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's really cool. Uh, directed by Nick Winston. So, so this is the like from most this year. up to date version of this. Yes. I imagine it was filmed pre 2020. Yeah. But it's like the, it was supposed to be like going on now as well. And mm -hmm. yeah, so we're watching this via the show's must go on YouTube channel. They have returned, which is fantastic for us. You know, mm -hmm. obviously the arts need a lot of support right now. We are glad that we've been able to book some live theatre. Yeah, made us feel yeah it, it's it's really exciting to be able to do that but it's nice as well to have live theater streamed to us from our sofas you know mm -hmm. so pain we're gonna live forever mm -hmm. we might just learn how to fly hi, hi. <laughs> i'm really excited for this one yeah me too you know i've heard good things i love watching live theater even I, like filmed versions of live theater it's just this, yeah, we do a lot of movie versions and I'm not criticising mm. it because that's a medium for most people to be accessible but I, there's something about seeing everything. Yeah. So I think we're off we're off to school. Yep. <laughs> we just got home from school and now we're off to school and we're going to learn some things and maybe someone's going to die. What? Why is someone going to die? It's dark. Like... <laughs> Poor students. Should someone die? Spectacular, spectacular. Okay. We will see. We will see what happens when we, we go in pursuit of fame. See you in a shlomo. Baby, look at me and tell me what you see. You ain't seen the best of me yet. Give me time, I'll make you forget the rest. I got more in me and you can set it free. I can catch the moon in my hand. Don't you know who I am? Remember my name. I'm gonna live forever. I'm gonna learn how to fly. I feel it coming together. People will see me and cry. And we are back. Yes, we have graduated apparently. Apparently. That was a that was a, a quick three years of, of mm. like drama school and music school and dance school. So I'm gonna tell you something right now. Yes. I really hate fame. I think this might be the first 
show we've covered where you actually dislike I what I actively dislike fame. Which is interesting because I always try to be positive because I'm aware, A, like there are fans of these shows, but B, I feel like if you're sharing it with me, it's because it's something that's meaningful to you. This one is a, I feel like you have to see fame. Yes. But I guess the only reason we've covered it was because Also, it was fortunately, we, there was a live production of it yeah. that we could see without having to go out of our house. So. I think, I think with fame, I have similar issues to what I had with Rent mm-hmm. in that the narrative literally goes by way too fast. Yeah. Because we are maybe showing one event of their second year and then we skip all the way forward to their third year's graduation. Yeah. And I had issues with, you know, let's see what happens in a year. How do we measure a year? Mm -hmm. And here we are jumping forward three years in two hours. Yeah. Now, I think the idea of fame would be better if it was like one year. Mm-hmm. And you went from the start of their careers at this school right up to the end of their first year, or even if it's the start of their third year, and we establish through the opening song that they've been here for two years and we're finally there. We all our hard work is going to pay off. Yeah, even if it was introduced as like, well, we've got Serena and she's in love with Nick, and like well, in a song that tells us all the information that we need to know so far. Exactly. Or you just, in the first song, you go from them starting and you you use the exposition and the power of musical theatre and song and dance to show how three years have progressed to get us to this point. Yeah, well, and the opening song, Hard Work, you could do that as a fast-forward song. I know you've not seen it, but the opening to Cursed Child Mm. pretty much shows and skips by the first three years of their Hogwarts lives. Yeah. I think it starts, it's like, it's either the action is in their third year or it's in their fourth year, but it skips by so quickly and so effectively. Could you not do something like this here? The problem is you've got a bigger ensemble cast than you've got in Harry Potter where arguably we just need to see Scorpius and Albus. Yeah. And that's the difficulty with fame, but you could have a really nice song about it. Mm. What I really like in this version was the set. And I'd like to know why they had these yearbook photos on the back. Whose yearbooks was it? Was it the actors there? Was it the crew? I, I'd like to know See, more well, there about were, So there were moments where, like, Nick specifically is the one that I caught on yeah. to the quickest. But the picture in the background, there is one of Nick. Yeah. I recognise people Nick. from the cast. And he stood next to it right near the end of the show and was talking about how you know whatever was happening in the show yeah and while he was talking i sort of zoned out of listening to him and started staring at the picture because it looked like a yearbook photograph except this is the english cast Mm -hmm. and the way that english like class photos are taken is very different to how american school photos are taken it looks like an American high school photo. So they've obviously taken these pictures. In recent, recently, yeah. Yeah. And then made them, dress them it's up to really look. It's a really nice set though. Like, Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. Because it's so simplistic and minimal. And especially because of the way mm-hmm. this world works, we can't have big extravagant sets. 
So I was a big fan of that. Weird though that there was no overture at the start of this version. Like maybe they just cut it out. I think they did. Yeah, but it's weird to not hear it start. Instead, we get the sound, the real soundtrack to New York City, traffic yeah. and horns. Mm-hmm. I pray I make PA. Yeah. And God, I hope I get it. They're so similar songs, so we can't blame me or fault me. For God, I hope I get it's better. No, but you can't. I love chorus yeah, line. But you can't fault me for thinking. No, I understand. It's very similar songs. Hard work's a good song. Hard work's a great song. Yeah. And the three faculties, each thinking that theirs is the like most difficult industry. Oh, that yes. is hilarious. It's a really nice one. So we get acting is the hardest profession in the world. Dance is the hardest profession in the world. Music is the hardest profession in the world. That's hilarious. So I thought at that point, okay, so is this going to be West Side Story? Is it going to be cliques? You know, yeah. where you have the... But then actually some of the, the, the music cast are in drama class because mm-hmm. you see Shlomo in drama. Yeah. So actually they bleed into one another. So, mm-hmm. okay, there's not going to be a clique system. Yeah. And also they've gotten into... They sing about getting into performing arts, PA. Yes. And then, like, you should expect them to be taking all three, actually, because you're performing arts. That covers the three things. Yeah. So there's some really good things about the way this song works, is that we establish the laws of this world. A 2.5 GPA in academics whilst excelling in arts. Great. That's really really important. Mm -hmm. And it's not a big deal. You just literally get that line. That's all we need to know. And we get some really good exposition to the characters that Shlomo is a dynasty. Yeah. That they're expecting big things from him because of his name, but that's going to impact on his personal growth because he wants to step out of his father's shadow. Mm -hmm. He's not a Draco Malfoy where he's quite content being the same person. Yeah. I like that. Tyrone Jackson is too cool for school. Obviously. But I, I like Tyrone's character. I felt bad for him. I know you have issues but I feel like... My issues are not with him as a character. No, I know. You have issues with his storyline. With the way that they uh, use dyslexia as a narrative arc. Exactly. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got really good choreography to complement this section. Mm -hmm. Everything comes together. You know, we we have really nice introductions to these teachers. The dance, drama, and music teacher all seem really nice. Dance is our salvation. And you have the really nice Mozart or Pink Floyd joke like mm-hmm. you you don't get the sense that these teachers are elitists that they're very much happy for any expression which yeah. is good they're good teachers and i really like that the instruments in this are live mm-hmm. because the trumpets and the saxophone and the french horn i think were done live yeah that and it was looked them actually really good it. for it yeah absolutely and you had the the girl on drums lamb with an electric, yeah, lamb chops. You have her with electric drums, which yeah. might be an anachronism. I don't know because this is set in the eighties. Yeah, that might be an anachronism. Yeah, it is. It's just they just need to be able to get them yeah. on and off really quickly without them making any noise. Yeah. and the best way to do that is to have electric ones. Exactly. I'm surprised that this song ends with you know the fame jump. Like that's very early on. Yeah. I, I was expecting that to be a bigger moment, like, towards the end, but it's, it's yeah. done. It's There we go. It's done. So we move on, and we, we get little montage moments with this, where we see each world. Mm-hmm. And we have a really nice music lesson, and the line, Girls with sticks make me nervous. 
they can't agree. Lam- Lamb Chops is my favourite character. Yeah, Lamb Chops is great. And I don't think we get enough of Lamb Chops and Goody. And goody and they're liking. the best characters. I care more about them than anyone else. And we spend the least time with them. I care a lot about Shlomo. Mm. I don't necessarily like the romance arc, but I care for him because I... I feel like everyone can understand the idea of stepping out of someone's shadow. It doesn't need to be as big scale as what his is. I think everyone can appreciate that. Yeah, I get it. I just... My issue with him is that I feel like he should just, like, make a choice. Either be the legacy, do the thing your yeah. dad did, carry on, or go the complete ultimate Which he's trying, But he's trying to do. Like, I think music is still a passion for him, but he doesn't... He's not having the ability to branch out the way he wants but you do get the nice arguments here and you it feels like first years they're arguing over the style for their band Mm -hmm. each one of them has come in with a different background and they're all arguing and it's good like the growth of these characters in the band is really nice as as the show goes on i like that it's a good starting point for them and i do think you you do get a really good starting point for each of these characters and yes it goes by too fast for me to care about all their investments, but you do feel like they are different by the end. Yeah, I agree with to, that. To its credit, you feel like they've been through three years, even if you haven't seen it. Mm. Serena Katz? Yeah. Okay, she fangirls over Nick's peanut butter commercial. Sure. You know, okay, she's a fan of him. And that's going to be very important because she's going to fall in love with I him. I don't think she's a fan of him. I think she's... Like, oh, it's so cool that you've done these things but it already. But basically like fangirling. I guess. With the way she is. Mm. And Joe Vegas is just a creep. He is a proper creep. He's not even funny. No. No. I one, don't like, like his... One or two jokes. Yes. Absolutely fine. Lose the rest of them. Because the Romeo joke, hilarious, where he's joking about his cod piece. Yeah. Super funny. I get it. Controversial view, but I'd cut that character completely and maybe have the odd moments of why can't I be with Nick as my Romeo and you have this really dweeby guy that we've never How met before. Could he be it? No, or just have him show up as that one moment for Romeo and he's this dweeb and everyone's like, we don't know him, he's not important. Why is he Romeo? Because it proves the point. Mm. But l- I don't feel like his character has enough enough about him to actually make me care. And he doesn't What grow. would we lose for him not being in it? Exactly. Exactly. Because the only thing that he does is fancy Carmen and sings I Can't Keep It Down. Yeah, which is a, a gross song as well. Yeah. And it without those things, Carmen still like wouldn't... Yeah. She wasn't into him anyway. No. It's not like he gets Carmen eventually because he matures. Mm. What he serves is kind Padding. of... Yeah, padding. And actually, when you've got a show that is quickly going through three years, yeah. cut him and give us some more exposition for the world we're in. Mm-hmm. Controversial, I don't know. I don't know what the response is like to his character, but I didn't care for him. Good. So, <laughs> Nick wants... I'd have been really worried if he was your favourite character. <laughs> Who do you want to be, Danny? Oh, I want to be oh. like Joe Vegas fellow. I, that's, oh. that's me to a T. So we, we quickly established Nick wants to be a real actor, not a TV hack. Yes, and I want is, to make magic. Yes, and he is a uh, big fan of Konstantin Stanislavski and The Method. 
I love teaching Konstantin Stanislavski. I really Explain like... Explain what that is to me. Stanislavski is all about method acting, as in emotional memory, as in right. we are trying to capture naturalism on stage. We're trying to make performance real, and we draw in our emotional memory. So if you remember a time that you were upset, instead of acting upset, you draw on that memory... There's a lot of famous actors that you all know who are method actors. If I was to say Daniel Day-Lewis. See, but what I thought method acting was, was that they don't break character while they're on there set. Is, there is that as well, that extent of it. You live as this character. So Heath Ledger famously method acting for the Joker. Mm. Same with Jared Leto. Took Disgusting. It, took it to a, a real extreme. Daniel Day-Lewis, though, method mm. actor and arguably a more accomplished actor than Mel Streep. Sure. He's got, I think, the most Oscar nominations of any actor and the most wins. When he was playing Lincoln, he lived as Abraham Lincoln would have done in a log shed with no technology. And this was 2011, 2010 when he filmed it. So method acting... Why, though? Why? It makes your performance There's a reason better. why we don't live like that anymore, though. It makes your performance better. In the same way, actors like Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale have lost weight or put on weight to extreme degrees to portray these characters. It makes it more real, and that's what they're going for. Stanislavski is considered an actor's practitioner. Like, only the best actors can, can method act. Was it like how... Hugh Laurie never dropped his American accent while he was filming House. Possibly, yeah. Okay. So I really like teaching Stanislavski. Mm. I, I I hope I haven't exposed myself as a bad teacher and I've that, misrepresented as somebody Stanislavski. Who, my entire knowledge of acting and any acting I've done in the past has either yeah. been musical theatre, yes. Shakespeare, or yes. canto. No, which is fine. I don't like the idea of that no. some students really love it some students don't no there's a reason why it's called a play yes you're supposed to be imagining yeah you know one of the activities we've done is like breakups and kind of what's the difference mm. between i know it's awful but it's fun the, the students i teach really like the breakup lesson and hey if you're listening and you've had a breakup lesson with me you know hope you enjoyed it but we have like breakups and I always give the idea of given circumstance of what do you want to achieve? And this character wants to break up with character B, but character B thinks that character A is going to propose because it's their anniversary. That's the plot of Legally Blonde. Yeah, but the idea being that you give them <laughs> how... So if I was to have an argument with you at midnight, am I going to shout loudly at midnight? Depends what I've done. Probably not, because I'm not going to wake the neighbours up. Okay. But if I'm having an argument at midday with you, I might be a lot louder. Yeah. And it's that kind of given circumstance that changes your performance because you're thinking about the real world implications. Mm. So things like that, things like the magic if, which is referenced here, if I'm not this person, but if I was this person, how would I react? That's just acting. <laughs> Don't understand. It's like in extras where Ian McKellen talks about his process and he's like, so... If I had to describe my process, it would be uh, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Peter Jackson sells uh, Gandalf. You shall not pass! Cut, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. You know, 
some actors take it really seriously some actors don't like it some people acting. take a lot of things yeah. way too seriously and this sounds like one of them it is so we've talked a lot about drama teaching and you know i guess if ever there's a time for me to talk about my actual job this was it sure we get i want to make magic happen and he's got high hopes high hopes nick's he got at least seems to actually care about doing the homework involved in this he does everybody else and this is one of my big issues with these characters is that you are at this school this specific school to learn the history and the background of the arts that you yes. want to go into but you have to learn the foundation before you can no, well, this add is, your this own is true but he also it. talks about how he wants to do brecht as well which is you know he wants to be stanislavski he wants to be brecht they are two very opposing forms of theater so he is at a point where either he's this elitist that's like i'm going to be better than everyone else. i'm going to be proficient in everything and he actually doesn't know and he's speaking big words like he understands them to show off or he is like you say he wants to know everything so he can make an educated choice as that's to why what. i like yeah him. he he genuinely wants to know everything you you reckon he'd be he'd be well up for panto as well because mm. if it meant he's learning another style that he can add to his repertoire and maybe say this is the one for me he would do it smile mm. on his face even though he's a serious actor he would probably get stuck in with everything yes the other thing i forgot to mention yes is that this musical is set in a world where this musical exists yes now that was a weird one because they mentioned about how you've the come fame to fame school. school yeah so in this musical the way that it works is that the movie fame exists and is set at this school but presumably they're the same character names yeah it's weird <laughs> yep like if they were completely different characters kind of going through the same trajectory fine but that is weird for me like i, I was going to ask you about that line like, because she says it later on, it's like, you've come to this school because of its reputation. I was like, what reputation? Because it's the fame school. Yeah. And it can't be that good a school if it closes after three years at the end. They're the last year group. Yeah, So why? they've obviously stopped taking candidates after this year. Yeah, no wonder we don't meet any new characters because they stopped taking them year one. Mm -hmm. It's very, very weird. It's very weird. But what I will say is their drama teacher is a very good teacher because he says it's focused on performance over it, over and going into the end result that will get you to the end result you've got to work hard for it mm. but don't be detracted by today's performance because give it three years you'll look back on this and and, and laugh at your thoughts because you'll be better yeah and they played this game truth or consequences i'm gonna have to use this in my teaching what were the consequences gonna be no idea no idea because, like, the, he should have the consequences. But he also can't. What consequence could he realistically do with detention. these kids? Detention. Yeah, which isn't fair detention. Could you imagine having to speak to a parent? But actually, we play a game of truth or consequences. And uh, because they weren't telling the truth, as part of this game, I gave them a detention. Right. Would not stand. What could the possible consequences Unless be? it's some kind of weird, like, um, what is it? A forfeit. You can't do that. He'll lose his job. No, because what's the forfeit going to be? And Because uh, you can't let the other kids yeah. choose because they'll pick something rude. And you can't set a consequence that you actually no. can't follow through no, on. No, exactly. It just would undermine him completely for three years. We acting teachers are shrinks, though. I completely agree with him because we, we do indulge in the mind and we work through life's true problems. 
Sure. Yeah. So sure. do English lit teachers and art teachers and, and music teachers, teachers and, and every teacher. I, I, you know, he's got a good pedagogy. Hmm. Like you get the sense he really cares about his kids. He's willing to have a laugh with them. He doesn't take it too seriously at the school. It's like you're here because you want to act. We're going to make you better actors, but we're going yeah. to have fun doing it. Would you like to hear how that character is described? Go for it. Because this really annoys me. He is Mr. Myers, yeah, the drama teacher, a father figure <laughs> to Joe, and encouraging of the students. Um, I don't feel we're like we get enough relationship between him and Joe to kind of like we get a song. Arguably, we see him interact with Joe more than we see him interact with Nick or anyone else. Yes, but I wouldn't say he's father figure. He is a teacher. He is a teacher to Joe, and he has. Uh, hopes for Joe to do better but I wouldn't use father figure my favourite bit about his performance was the ending when he came on to do his bow and he teased doing a, a cartwheel jump flip thing and he was just like nah I'm not going to do it that was my mm. favourite thing about his performance that and when he sees the kids kissing in the corridor and he's like I'm not going to deal with this and just walks away he's like yeah nope <laughs> I'm not touching know. this I can't keep it down He's just a creep. The song is well performed. Mm. But he's definitely... He's just like this virgin who's acting experienced. Yeah, That's the vibe I get. He's never been near a woman. And like, why are the other kids smiling with him? Like, some of the girls are like smiling and laughing. Carmen is laughing. No, I don't why? understand. They should be really like uncomfortable like, because it's just gross. Mm -hmm. Especially considering he says that the first time he ever couldn't keep it down was when his cousin bent over in front of him and he saw her boobs. Yeah, like, but he, as he says, he'd rather be a pervert than an extrovert. So he's a weird character. And I don't like that other, like everyone's like, oh, he's great. We think he's funny. Yeah. Because them thinking that he's funny is just making me like them less. Exactly. And also... Even Serena's laughing at him. Yeah, it just doesn't feel in line with their characters. Especially Serena, who's like... Really uptight. Really uptight. She'd be like, oh, Nick wouldn't do that. My yeah. precious Nick would never do that. Well, and the other one that laughs as well is Iris. Yeah, and Iris shouldn't laugh. Iris would not be laughing no. at any of this. I could appreciate Tyrone laughing at it. I can, I, but like Tyrone would be laughing from the perspective of God, he's such a dweeb and he thinks he's funny. Yeah. But he wouldn't actually find it funny. Mm. I don't know. Mm. So preach Nick. I like when he says the only naked girl he ever saw was his big sister. Sure. Agreed. He, he's. It's a good performance. Like I will say this. He really does make me hate the character of Joe. And I think that's partly because he commits to it brilliant. It's a great performance. The song is well performed. It's performed with gusto. I can't fault that. Yeah. I just don't like the song and I don't like the character. Mm -hmm. But i tell you who does like who. Tyrone likes Iris. Mm. So. Iris she arrives, arrives at school every day in a limousine. Yeah. I'm thinking, is this going to be a Romeo and Juliet plot line? That, you know, he wants to be with her, but rich daddy won't. Yeah. Let her be with him. And the way we're introduced to her as well is the dance teacher says she's like the best young ballerina of our generation and she's we're the, lucky to have her yeah. at this school. She is which, the feet of a generation. My question is why is she at this New York performance school and not at 
the New York Academy of Ballet. Because she's part of a fame school, and that means more than any ballet school, because this school It means that she couldn't get into ballet school. So, one of the things I like about this is that the dance sequence we see here actually shows them being bad. We very rarely get that in musicals. Everyone's just good. Just Mabel being bad. Well, okay, yes, but that's still something. I have a lot of issues with Mabel specifically. And specifically her casting. Yeah, yeah, that's very problematic later on. Tyrone wants to modernise ballet, and Mm. all of them are better after his, like, street dance section. Sure. Like, I don't know. That really, it's another thing that really annoys me. I know I've already said you're here to learn the basics. You're in your first year. This is your foundation year. You need to know all of this stuff before you can put your own twist on things. Why is he at this school? I know. How did he get into this school? If he... Hard work. What did they have to audition with? No, it's true. For this performance. But what I will say, the dance teacher is a really good teacher because she doesn't like put him in his place going... You're, you're, you're running before you can walk. She mm. calls him a budding choreographer. Yeah. And I really like that she can admit she was wrong because I thought you're going to get this uptight ballet dancer teacher, which is such a cliche. I greatly I enjoy we were... that she's not the uptight teacher. I thought she was going to be Kate Hudson in Glee. Sure. Like, that's what I thought. She she's was going not to a ballet be. teacher. No, but I thought as a teacher, as a dance teacher. Like, yeah. I thought she was going to have this Kate Hudson vibe of I'm better than all of you. Mm. I like that she was willing to say I was wrong. And you are great, and you've got a bright future, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you succeed. Yeah. Like, really nice. And then suddenly, it's Christmas! Sure. Where's that come from? Why? Why is it so quick? I have no answer to this. I know. Don't understand. I know. So... Shlomo is having to do three hours of violin a day as per his father's demands. Exactly. And everyone else mocks him for it because like, oh, you got to do this. It's like, I mean, like, I feel bad for we him. We never see him play the violin. But we never see him play the violin in this version. They do the classical performance. I don't know what the song it's is that they so do. It's so funny. But I love the stilted version. I love Lamb's mm. sarcasm with the triangle. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. The, ver- the way that they're playing it, I can't even remember what the song is now that they're playing, but, oh my God, it's so bad. Their version of it, they and they're doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because they have to perform it. Yeah. But they might as well do it with a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah, I liked that moment. There's, again, the best character building we're getting is the band in like the little 30-second interludes we get with them. Mm-hmm. Like They are the real stars of this show. Absolutely. Iris and Tyrone are chalk and cheese, but by the end of their little section here, they're dating, mm-hmm. which, you know, fine. It's progressing at a really nice pace. I do like that the, the show doesn't shy away from the racial and social issues, that they are trying to make a point. They're not hiding from it. They're actually trying to actively say, yes, this is an issue. Yeah, and that is one of the things with this show. That's what they were trying to do. Mm. They were trying to touch on real-world issues that people were having at the time. Yes, and do you know what? More credit to them. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is, I would say, just like burlesque, a kind of popcorn musical. Yeah. But at least it's using its platform to try and say, but this is why things should change. You know, 
I, I like that. I think you, you have space where it's like Panto is seen as lowest common denominator mm-hmm. that at least finds a space for political satire. Yeah. And I think that's important. So we get Tyrone's rap and he establishes he's had it far worse than she realises. And he has. Like, I think Iris has a really false impression of his background and he lays it all out. And I think she has the idolised, like, step-up version yes. of his background. But she has faked it to make it. Mm-hmm. Her dad isn't rich. He's actually a... Chauffeur. Chauffeur, and that's work car. And it just so happens that she gets dropped off in it and she's faking this persona and they start to bond when she shows some vulnerability. Mm-hmm. She acts, though that never being kissed is worse than his problems, which I would wager it's not. Yeah. It's such a weird comparison to make. He's just bared his soul to her with his rap, which is really well performed. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah, well, you think your life on the streets is bad. I've never been kissed. Yeah. And he promptly kisses her. And we're back to him having the worst life. And acts like that, that's like a great comedic moment for him. Yeah. Again... Like, I don't know who wrote, who thought it was a good idea to have these boys all be slightly predatorial. Because, predatory? I, I, I can see is. what you mean. She's like, everyone always thinks I'm this stuck up girl and nobody will ever talk to me and all I do is work and I'm so uptight and I've never even been kissed. And he's like, well, maybe I can help you with that. And it's like, Smoochie now is probably boochie. not the time. No. You're both having kind of emotional breakdowns. Yeah, like get to know each other first and form a friendship and then a relationship and then maybe kiss if you're into it. Mm-hmm. Carmen is on diet pills. Yeah. She's young, she's healthy. She's gonna live forever. <laughs> I don't think so. I actually write this note at this point in time. You said she's going to die. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think she's going to live forever. Mm. So, you know, she's clearly coded as the the student who's going to fly high before she's ready to. Yes. Is that a bad thing I could predict that? Or is that good writing? I don't know. Perhaps I just knew someone was going to die and I thought, ah, that will be her. I didn't know somebody died or if I didn't have suspicion someone was going to die in this maybe I wouldn't have written that note here but at this point in time she's the only person who feels like their head is too big to be here what do you think the overarching moral of fame is fame sucks but sometimes it can be good oh see I think it's Fame isn't what we should aspire to. You need to keep your feet on the ground and focus on the true arts. It's, because they yeah. punish anybody that gets slightly famous. I think it's more a case of fame is the American dream and we idolise it and we grow up thinking that this is what yeah. we want. But the pursuit of it is actually crippling. Yeah, and, and that's like Nick's yeah. whole thing too. Yeah, and I think Nick is kind of the opposite to Carmen in that he realises he's too much in pursuit of it and changes because he knows that it's the best thing for him to do mm. but Carmen doesn't change she doesn't listen to her teacher and she you know there she goes I just thought okay so this is where Ryan Murphy got the idea for Rachel Berry 
Sure. She is the archetype for the Rachel Berry. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think she's a really obnoxious character and I can't get on board with her. I just, I can't support her. Yeah. I can't like her because... That's how I feel about all of these characters yeah. except for Lamb Chop and Goody. Yeah, it is very weird. The, the characters are likeable and you can kind of excuse it because they're kids and they do kind of grow up by the end of it. But we don't spend enough time with, with grown-up them, them. Yeah, to really feel that To care been about it. Thank you to God for making me so fantastic. I thought we were watching Glee. I thought we were watching Rachel Berry's like final moments where she won her Tony. Yeah. But then we go into the, the titular song thing. And I, I do like this. It is a really good song. Mm. And it, I think actually it's best placed here because it is that innocence and folly of you. Yeah. You said that when we watched it, you were saying about what, why is the song here? This is where this happens. Yeah. But I like it. it's kind of like, I'm going to live forever. It's not supposed to be this celebratory song of we have beaten everything. It is, it's, a, it's a child's view of adult life. Mm-hmm. I like the Spanish lyrics as well. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little mix of, you know, diversifying and suiting Carmen's character. Hmm. Yeah. Then we have... I do think, though, as well, I noticed it at this point, because I thought this was one of the biggest numbers, but I feel like the sound mixer of the version we watched has really changed the level of the audience, because they're so muted. Like, their applause and their cheers are just like... All of the sound for this was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I usually really enjoy watching live performances, and this one was tough to sit through. Yeah. Not just because I don't like fame, but also because the sound was really echoey and weird. Yeah. And I had to put the subtitles on. Yeah. For this whole film to be able to understand anything was, that was being sung. Not yeah. like the talking was fine, the singing was the problem. The singing was weird. We we go back to drama class and they're doing the seagull, a, a great play that I've said at university, I really like that. And we establish that she likes Nick. Serena likes Nick. Yes. And that she always ends up being cast as the sidekick yeah. character. But he's started to become more of an elitist. Yeah. Because he acts like he's above everyone else. Mm-hmm. Which isn't fun. He's, he's, he's kind of losing a bit of the charm from when we first met him. And we have, let's play a love scene. She wants him. He wants a new scene partner. He sucks. He sucks. But then at the same time... He doesn't owe her anything. No, but I feel like she's... Complaining about being friend zoned. Yeah, which is why I We'll talk about it later on because it becomes more apparent later on, but yeah. Yeah, but she says in her song that the way that they act to each other is sister and brotherly. And that's nice. Yeah. But she doesn't want to be stuck like that forever. So he needs to let her know right now whether or not this is going anywhere. I did kind of feel... So Steve Margoshes and Jack Levy wrote Fame. Mm Mm-hmm. They did a great job capturing annoying adolescence in song form. Absolutely. Like, definitely feels like teen drama in, in this song as well. And I think that's mm-hmm. amazing. They really thought about the voices. Like, say what you want about the narrative. And they they have really thought about their characters and capturing the voices for the moment in time they're at for each song. Yeah. I, again, I continue to love the minimalist sets because we're just going from one place to the next. So smooth. So Yes. Oh, it's so beautiful. And we go back to the musical. And Carmen wrote lyrics for Shlomo. And we perform the very first draft of Bring On Tomorrow. 
Yes. She's not Tim Rice, is she? None of these songs are Tim Rice. I know he didn't write them. I no, just... I know, but like level-wise. Yeah, I mean, like, she's just not very good. Yeah. He's so awkward around her, and it's really cute, like, his little awkward performance, because you can tell he's really infatuated. And, yeah, she's, this song, she's definitely been watching Annie, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, tomorrow. That's the Kermit version. Hi-ho! <laughs> um, but she's oh, in the band. Can we talk about the Muppets instead? Yep, she's in the band, but I also feel like she's just using him. It's like... Carmen's character at this point just comes across to me as I'm I'm not as talented as everyone thinks I am, but I am attractive and I'm going to exploit these teenage boys to make me look better than yeah. I am. Yeah. It's I know how to work around this. Yes. The teenage voices in this are great. So mm-hmm. like the way Goody humps his trombone feels really like what a teenager would do at this point. Mm. Like it just feels like what a teenager would do if he'd just broken up this moment to mock his friend. Yeah, for sure. The way they're reacting to things. Exactly. Like they definitely do feel like teenagers at this point. Mm. So Tyrone and Iris are now dancing yeah. and they've, they've definitely improved. They have the choreography, but they actually are lacking the passion for ballet. Like they're just doing steps. Yeah, they for sure. Ever... They're just doing what they have to do to pass yeah. this class. But he's flunked and he's now out of the junior festival. So we get a bit of a debate here. Did he plagiarise or not? Did he cheat? Did he not? And he's adamant, no, I didn't. And Miss Sherman is, yes, you cheated. Mm-hmm. And, oh, so you plagiarised because you've got the exact same. And it's, uh, I think it's very interesting and probably the right call by having Miss Sherman also be a character of colour. Yeah. Has she been white, accusing Tyrone of plagiarism? I feel it comes across a lot worse. But because... Because she's a person of colour, it doesn't feel like it's targeting Tyrone. It feels far more like, I can't support you, and Mm -hmm. I want to support you. And I feel like that's something where if you change the ethnicity of her character, it becomes a lot more sinister. Yeah. So I like that it wasn't sinister here. I never felt like she was doing it because he doesn't belong at this school. She was doing No, it's it. because she wants him to belong so exactly, badly. Exactly, exactly. It becomes like the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really good. And we lead to one of my favourite exchanges was teacher argument. Where we have our dance teacher bickering with our... Is is she the, the principal? Or is she just she's a home the ec teacher? English teacher. Yeah. Home ec. I thought she's taught home economics. They don't they definitely aren't learning home ec at this My bad. School. No, study hall. That's what she was Yeah, she's their tutor. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we get a nice line, artists are special, but I really like this style of song where two people argue or converse with each other. I like it in Les Mis where we have like confrontation. Sh- yeah confrontation and i like it and i love the other things we've watched with a similar styles to it um this song establishes that miss sherman is looking out for tyrone even though it doesn't seem that way he needs to read and have skills in case he doesn't make it she's yes. a realist she knows that yes this school has a good reputation and yes he's talented but sometimes talent just isn't enough Yes. Drive just isn't enough and he needs an education and it's her job to make sure he gets it. And if she has 
to be the bad guy she will and mm. i can get so on board with that yeah it's such a shame that her development really loses this positivity because mm-hmm. like i should like this character i like this character at this point in time i'm gonna lose a lot of respect for her as, as we move forward mm-hmm. with fame high school since the movie weird we talked about it but this is super weird i didn't get it and i was going to ask she to her credit offers a compromise but tyrone just walks out because he's a kid yeah and yeah we get the hard work reprise a reminder they need to work hard not play and then oh look joe vegas shows back up for the first time since his song i really i was hoping he was gone same and and we 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 really don't need him no we don't need him he's not enough he has his one moment in in that opening and then we barely see him we see a joke of him being romeo and then that's it mm-hmm. i get that nick needs someone who is the complete opposite to him for that moment to work but he doesn't need to be a named character no so we get the interval and then we're now act two is year two you know definitely a faster year than rent yeah Carmen is buying drugs. So Carmen's diet pill habits got worse. Mm-hmm. Carmen's going down a slippery slope. Yes. And we get the reprise of magic. Nick is kind of dull. Nick really is kind of dull. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. He, I feel like he could be interesting if they did something with like his elitist views yes. on things and... Yeah. The way that he sees everything. Well, this is the perfect platform to, considering how a lot of people see musical theatre as low right. brow. Like, he'd be the sort of perfect person to go on this emotional journey and be like, I know what I'm going to be. I want to be a musical theatre actor. Like... Yeah, because he's in this performance yeah. school. It's not like it's a musical. And the way he keeps talking about magic, like, maybe he should just be a magician. He's kind of obsessed with magic. He is... Do you, do you remember in American Pie when they sing, Do you believe in magic? Yes. He, yeah, that's just what it made me think of. One of the characters is called Mrs. Shinecoff. There's, so, the teachers, you have Miss don- Sherman. Yes. Mr. Shinecoff. Mr. Shinecoff. German... Yes, so I wondered, in School of Rock, we get the assistant to the head teacher is Miss Shinecoff. Yeah. And I wondered if that was like a tribute to this show. I imagine it's probably just in the name they went with. Possibly. I don't know, I just, it's weird. It's not a name you'd, you'd hear a lot, is it? No. And I just thought, huh, interesting. There she goes reprise. I'd like the flamenco style. Me too. Right. There is an issue. I have an issue with this, though. Halfway through this number, Carmen, who is dancing and singing... Disappears. Jumps off the chair and is like, I can't do this. Yes. And it came up in the subtitles, so I know it was her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She runs off the stage and then comes back, literally a minute later. I'm just like, why? Oh, she's back. Weird. It's weird. Yeah. Why? Is there I, supposed to be more to this part of I the story? I don't know, because I don't know whether it was supposed to be, I can't do this, you're typecasting me. Yeah. Because it was a Spanish dance. Yes. Or, I can't do this, I need to go be sick, because I'm on 
the drugs. Yes. Which is, I think, what it was. Yeah, I just feel like there's some kind of explanation. We, I that feel was like missing I missed there. something. Or like some kind of cross cutting that just showed her with a spotlight in the in, in like. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's very weird. They also have tap shoes, but you can't hear the tap shoes over the music, which is really disappointing because I like tap shoes. I like the sound they're not they weren't tap shoes they're not tap no. shoes ah, okay that explains why so i couldn't hear they them they were just character shoes why i did not hear the tap sorry <laughs> that's fine i don't feel like they robbed me of some tap <laughs> she does need to get her act together fast though yeah she really does because she um all everyone can see that she's going downhill all the teachers everyone is watching her and thinking oh god where is this going and the answer is rock bottom Yes, so we kind of are seeing like it's she's not the only character that's going rock bottom. Mm-hmm. There's some issues with Tyrone, and I agree with Miss Bell. Was it necessary for Miss Sherman to bring him down deliberately? Yeah, she really picks her moments, doesn't she? She does. Like don't... that was that was not good timing on no, her part. Exactly, and and you're you're your own worst enemy there because you're trying to help him, but you're putting up a wall. You're, you're yeah, a why Shrek. would he ever sh- like believe that yes. you want to help him? You are the Shrek meant for Tyrone's wall. Yeah. And then, you know, Shlomo points out we're not an alien race. Thanks, Shlomo. That's like great advice. Amazing. But I do feel bad for him because everyone does treat him differently as he's this dynasty. But actually, like they, they act like this is so easy for him, but it's probably harder for him because he's not able to be himself. Whereas mm-hmm. everyone else gets to find their own voices. He's being stifled. Yeah. Like, even the teachers are guilty of saying, no, sorry, you're doing this instead. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick does one of my least favourite things in the world that you can ever do. Which is? He ruins the cast list for Serena. He robs oh, her. Oh, man, I didn't even yeah. think of that. He it was robs so annoying. her of the moment of pure discovery by telling her. you got Juliet, by the way. Yeah, the worst thing is he... He doesn't even sound excited to tell her. He's just telling her because he's bitter. I think so, yeah. It's it's just awful. Like... He obviously doesn't care no. that she got Juliet because he doesn't see her as that kind of character type. No. And he wanted to be Romeo, obviously. So... Well, he's like, but I'm Mercutio, which is a far better role, which is exactly what you'd say if you were disappointed. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that if he wasn't Romeo, he would have at least liked to be Tybalt. Like, that's him. He's kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. He is going to be the most boring Mercutio ever. Mm-hmm. Because Mercutio is so full of life. And Nick isn't. Yeah. Nick and he, he even nothing. goes up the stairs and tries to do the worms meat of me lines. And oh. it's just kind of like, yeah, oh, okay. it's Yeah, it's like, okay, off you go. Romeo Vegas, though. Hmm. Do you know this what, is though? my one joke that I think is okay with him, which is they put him in this huge oversized cod piece and it's hilarious. Yeah, and... But that would be funny on anyone. No, but I think as well, you can also understand why the teacher would do this because he's trying to push this student that he sees potential in mm-hmm. and give Joe this role. Is Hoping going... that he'll take it seriously Exactly, and he doesn't. <sighs> Nick talks about sex like it's a detention. Yep. It's, it. He really isn't a fun character. No. You you honestly like I'm I'm all for people that take their studies seriously. Hello, I'm a teacher. Take your studies seriously, but have fun doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, 
part of the fun of learning is like embracing mistakes and embracing the embarrassing moments and laughing about them but just, do you know what I mean and yeah. there's none of this he's this joyless robot mm-hmm. it's like the government have created a robot and thought huh I wonder if we can make a robot like a really good actor mm-hmm. no you can't and this is the thing that annoys me especially with you they're doing a really good job of being high school students yes and Nick the actor that plays Nick is doing a really good job of portraying him in my opinion as that one kid in your English class that thinks they understand Shakespeare and are really deep oh yeah but are like 14 and yes. actually don't yeah. yet because you need a little bit more life experience to sort of get some of these things exactly and Romeo and Juliet are supposed to want each other so yes. badly and, and he, he does yeah. not get it one thing though is I it's interesting seeing a girl vilify a guy for putting her in the friend zone because we don't really see that in media it's mm. it's men vilifying women because how dare you friend zone me and that's what she does yeah she isn't, and it is, it makes me like her less because she, there's no like, okay, we're just going to be friends, I'm cool with that. It's, it's ne- I haven't spoken to you in six months but, because of it. But this is like, he's done nothing to suggest to her that he's interested in her. No, and he didn't even is, particularly want to be friends with her. No, here she is two years later being like, come on, I just want to date you. Why aren't you dating me? And it's like. He's got every right not to. You've asked him a bunch of times, I feel like, at this point. She calls him a creep. And I'm thinking, is that just because he doesn't want to bang you? He's a creep? Because they're talking about sex, so clearly these these students are now sexually active with one another. Or with other people. And he's the only one that's not getting involved in it. And maybe she isn't either. She isn't because she's holding up for him. Yes, but she's acting like he's this creep simply because he doesn't want to go near her. And she sings Think of Meryl Streep. Yes, use your anger the way that Meryl does. Now, this is, um, you know, Stanislavski's method. Mm-hmm. She's clearly learnt. She's channeling emotional memory yeah. to, to become a better performer. Are we really going to have Mabel with an eating disorder? Uh... Mabel doesn't look big. The actress playing Mabel doesn't look big. And, like, keeping that storyline in when she is a normal sized individual yeah Yeah, normal sized woman and you are showing her having an eating disorder now that's just not good representation yep i don't want to talk more about it and i I want i said this yeah while we were watching it because usually mabel's prayer which is what her song is called comes before think of meryl streep and i was like amazing they've cut it Yes, incredible. Because I hate this song anyway. Yeah. And the last line of this song is how she's going to be the world's biggest ballet dancer. Yes. And the girl that is playing her... Is not is, big. Is hilarious and would make a really good Jan. Yes. Oh, that's Greece. all I could think is she is a good Jan. Or like even... Uh, like a Tracy Turnblad yes had a push but she's not big enough she's, she's not, not big, big enough to play these characters no. and they obviously didn't want to cast somebody who is big enough to play these characters but because I otherwise why would you do it I think there are some storylines we've talked we've touched on this before but there are some things if we're going to show them in 2020 are going to need to be changed and I think this is a storyline that needs to be cut which is a shame because Mabel now serves no purpose mm-hmm. but I don't 
think they We can use... get rid of Joe and Mabel, it doesn't matter. Exactly. I, but I just don't think... Again, they're trying to talk about serious issues facing young people involved in the arts. And there must be a lot of pressure on having your body look a certain way. It's all played as laughs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this musical, in the five minutes it allocates to eating disorders, comes even close to approaching the subject. No. She's not even a big actress anyway, so it's especially damaging. I will say this. Mabel is consistently well-performed. Yep, she's hilarious. And this song is well-performed by her. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't like the song. Yeah. my So, one of my big issues with this whole show is that it wants to do an ensemble cast and present us all of their problems individually. Yeah. I think there's just too many of them. No, I, I would completely agree. Because they don't touch on anything for Lamb Chops or Goody except for that they're in the band and mm-hmm. then end up together at the end. But even that's not clear. No, I know. I still like those characters. I don't need to know much about them. Yeah. And we could have done the same with Mabel. It doesn't really matter. No, exactly. You can do an ensemble, but they try to do too much with a very too short many time. Of them. Yeah. So Carmen suddenly dropping out. The last time we saw Carmen was her leaving stage to be, to, to for some reason we assume to be sick, but. And then coming back. back. She's now dropping out. No one's happy to see her leave, but the plot, this is where I really start to feel rent syndrome. The plot is moving way too fast to keep up. Like, it's very difficult to keep up because she was okay. She was, you know, a talented actress but didn't feel like anyone supported her. Now she's dropping out. What's happened? How long's passed? Do you understand why she dropped out? Yes. There's an Elliot Green who is a talent agent. Yeah. But who is Elliot Green? It's the first time we hear that name. It, well, that I think that's kind of the point, is that it... Like, you don't know who this person is. No, I know. And that's the dodginess of it. Is exactly. that everyone's like, hey, nobody's ever heard and of this guy. what happened to Carmen and Shlomo? They're just not dating anymore. Like, cut Joe's song mm-hmm. earlier on. Cut Mabel's song. And Give me something a, for these guys. Let's have a breakup between these two characters earlier on. Where maybe Shlomo is actually trying to humble her. But as a partner would. Mm-hmm. Like... People want to see you succeed. He's not the bad guy. Your drama teacher's not the bad guy here. He's yeah. trying to help you. And she's like, you're as bad as the rest of them. And I don't want to date you. And you have a, you have another like teacher confrontation between them. Like have that same model. Yeah. I don't know. She has a Coke problem. Yes. That might be why she's leaving. No. <laughs> she just also has a, an, a drug addiction. Yeah. But instant fame is only in fairy tales. Mm-hmm. They're doing Death of a Salesman or talking about Death of a Salesman. I love Death of a Salesman. I think it's such a good, good play and a really beautiful story. Yeah, and then this teacher does the possible worst thing that she could do to Tyrone. And all that good faith I had in her is gone. Yeah. Yeah, what she does here to Tyrone is unacceptable. This Here's my issue. Right. Tyrone... Is revealed to be dyslexic and illiterate. Yes. Those are two very different things, obviously. However, if we were just going with Tyrone is dyslexic and this teacher is starting to very slowly realise, oh, this kid is dyslexic. Yeah. The last thing you're going to do is be like, stand up in front of this whole class and read that to us then, child. I'm trying to humiliate you. Yeah. 
That's the only thing she was trying there's, to do. There's no she space. She was just trying to humiliate there's him. There's no space for that in teaching, full stop. And she's, any any time I'd ever thought she was a good teacher who cared, yeah, she's not a good teacher. Because mm-hmm. any teacher knows you don't publicly embarrass students. It only makes other students hate you because they recognise what you've done. Mm-hmm. It, it destroys that relationship with the child you are supposedly trying to help. Mm-hmm. There's no space for it. I mean, also, she should be fired Well, because she well, then slaps him. Well, he says, you've not challenged me since day one. You've disrespected me. Mm-hmm. And she slaps him. Now, also, that's the weakest stage lap I've ever seen. He also calls her a bitch. Yeah. And says that she's being racist. I've, I've been called far worse on a day-to-day basis by some kids. Mm. I don't slap them. No. That, but you're right. This is the worst stage slap I've ever seen. It's the worst stage slap, but also, you just feel like she shouldn't be a teacher. They were too close to each yeah, other. She shouldn't be a teacher. No. She certainly, if that if that's what she's being called at Fame High School, that's pretty tame. And, you know, no one in their day to day life should be spoken to the way he speaks to her. But then, but also, no one should be spoken to the way that but, she speaks yeah, to exactly. him. Exactly. What does she expect? She's been pushing at him for two years. Yeah. Is now a good time for me to talk about my whole dyslexia problem with Tyrone? Go for it. So, Tyrone's biggest problem here is that he's illiterate. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to pass. He needs to be able to read and write. Yeah. To a like quite good degree because they're at sort of a level age now yeah and they pass it off as if dyslexia is the problem here and then we go on to have a scene where he sits and reads a passage from a book to iris and he's sounding it out and the way that they have him sound it out it has obviously been written by somebody who has never seen a child learn how to read yeah. Because one of the words that he sounds out is like everybody. And he sounds it out as every b day. And I was just like, no, yeah. <laughs> no. Like he would know, he would sound it out in his head and then he would know that that word becomes everybody to say it. Yeah. Because his speaking eloquence is lovely yeah there's nothing wrong with his ability to speak and that's how they're playing it out it's the cliche comedy show or child animation shows dyslexia or illiteracy without being it's the reason that people think dyslexia is oh so you can't read yeah and it annoys me so much this is again a case of fame trying to tackle the big issues and missing the mark completely. And mm. actually, should they have done it in the first place? Now, again, yeah, this should challenge the world. You know, it's not Hamilton. But Hamilton does a great job of using its platform to challenge certain views on the world and raise social issues. Mm-hmm. Fame is trying to, but it's missing the mark because it's trying to do everything. Yeah, It doesn't know what it wants to be. No. And that's a big problem. And I agree here, the representation of dyslexia is not great. No. And the reason I am so passionate about it is because, one, I'm a teacher as well. And two, I'm very dyslexic. Yeah. And it caused a lot of problems when I was in school. And being able to sound out words was not one of them. No. 
And obviously everybody's experience with things like dyslexia are different. And there are different kinds of dyslexia. Well, this is it. Everyone thinks... But this boy is illiterate and they're passing it off as dyslexia and it just upsets me a lot. Yeah, because... Because they say that he's illiterate. He says it. Yeah. Yeah. Choose one. No, it is. It's a real issue. It is a real issue. And it might leave people who see this thinking certain things about the world. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This is my, this was my experience of dyslexia before I knew what uh, the different kinds of dyslexia were. And before I understood that I personally had dyslexia, I, this is how I perceived dyslexia. And when I got diagnosed, I was so upset and I thought I was stupid. And I thought this was this big rubber stamp that marked me as being a idiot child. And it took me a really long time to reconcile that actually no, the like little wires in my brain are just the other way around. And that's all it is, is that your brain is wired differently. And that is often a good thing. No, exactly. (laughs) Because who wants to be like everybody else? And that's how it should be presented to this child at school. Yeah. Instead, we get the teacher humiliating him in front of everyone. We get, him then being presented as, oh, well, he has to sound things out like a toddler. He also gets assaulted by said teacher. Yeah, he does then get assaulted by the teacher too. So. I'm just focusing on the dyslexia side of No, it. I know, but it anyway. does make it far worse. She's essentially... she. Miss Sherman then slaps him. Yeah. And it's her own fault that he reacts the way that he does. So... Dancing on the sidewalk, he is so talented. Like, as a performer, they found an amazing actor oh, to play Tyrone. 100%. He's great. But I'm disappointed. Why have we not developed him and Iris more? We've not talked about him and Iris for about an hour now. We've just accepted that they're dating. Yeah. Miss Sherman apologises and diagnoses him with dyslexia, and then she sings, These Are My Children. Now, I don't give a damn about this song. It's beautifully sung, but I'm done with this character. This you can't is... have her slap a child and then be like, but I care about them so much. They're like my children. Yeah, this no. is this is Oklahoma all over again. Mm-hmm. That I'm done with her. I'm not even willing to give her a try. Yeah. What I will say, it's nice that this is the first time we've really had an adult's perspective. Yep. And the tone of the song certainly shifts mm-hmm. to fit the adult's perspective. The actress is a phenomenal singer. Yeah. But this song is boring, and that's not her fault. It's just this is a boring song mm-hmm. within the rest of the world. To the point that this is when I went to make a cup of tea. You did. I stuck with it because I have to watch this musical all the <laughs> way through. You missed a really beautiful final note when she sang I, I could Thank hear her. God. It's such a beautiful song. But also the loudest cheer of the night. Yeah, I do wonder whether they turned the volume up. Mm, I wonder too, because there's better moments. This is definitely cheating, because they just start reading lines from Romeo and Juliet. I feel like maybe they got bored and just copied and pasted, like, three pages of Romeo and Juliet to their scripts, and, like, no one will notice. Mm -hmm. Basically. So Joe Vegas ad-libbed Shakespeare, and I really, really died a little inside. Yeah, same. It was so painful. Nick gives Joe advice on a beautiful girl and now he realises he's actually giving advice to himself. She's been there all along. Yes. And it's it's like he watched Burlesque last week with us mm. and he's following Stanley Tucci's advice of 
look and see what's in front of you because it won't be there for long. Mm. As if they're going to stay together after this. But it's just so weird. He just suddenly likes her. And she's like, yes, please. Any... He's definitely his first ever kiss. Yes. And he's like, ooh, girls. The character depth really is an issue with this show. Yeah. I'd say the only character who really tries to get any depth to is Tyrone. Yeah, they try with Carmen, but, but we're not led yeah. to care enough no. about her. No, we're not, because we never see a nice side to her. No, she's always the same way. Yeah. You like Shlomo. I like Shlomo, but again, like he doesn't get much more definition than he wants to step out of Dad's That's shadow. True. We get the pas de deux between Tyrone and Iris. Yes, why has she had nothing to say to him all semester? Ah, because she feels used. Because she doesn't date losers. Yeah. Which, just throw that extra line in but there about dyslexia. She feels used because she says that the only reason you, you were dating me was to have me help you with your academics. That's how she feels. Yeah, and it wasn't like she was telling him what to write. She was writing his exactly. essays. Exactly, and she him. felt used because she felt like you were only dating me to get to that. Mm. Fair. I'm glad they added that line in. But they kiss and they make up and we have a really pretty ballet. And you know Miss Bell has always shipped them together. Mm-hmm. And it's really cute the way she's like, she watches them, she just nods like, yeah. Yeah. Those are my kids. And I love a pas de deux. Yeah. This is a beautiful moment. Even if this is a bit weird. But like, it's nice. It brings in a lot of different dance styles yeah. into one pas de deux. But now we're in the third year. Yeah. In a, a really quick, weird jump. And the band's sub-story is my favourite. I wish there was more of it. But Carmen has failed Big time. Yeah. And we just throw away Joe and Mabel are together. They seem to have matured a wee bit, but they've still got their eccentricity. Yeah. But it's so awkward because everyone's like, yeah, we're going to go to school where you maybe should stay. Yeah. You're a mess. We find out that the band has been signed with a label and they have a new singer. Yes. Because Carmen was their singer. Mm-hmm. And when she ditched out, like, yeah. that's why Shlomo was so upset is because she was also their lead singer in the band and they've just got they're like oh yeah the label just like assigned us a girl yeah which sucks for Carmen I guess but she didn't seem to care too much about the band anyway so we get in LA and we learn that Lamb and Goody are an item that's cool yeah that's Uh, the kind of background development I can get on board with I mean Possibly bad for the band if they break up now that they've got a label. I think they're okay. Those seem like the most stable characters. Dreams will come true. But not for you. Movies I wish we were watching. Yes, Carmen is broken and she's basically Mimi. Yeah, she is Mimi. She's Mimi because she's stripping as well. Yeah. I did. I told you, Rent is the sequel to Fame. Yeah. So I did do some research when we were talking about the similarities between this and fame. Yeah. Because I wondered if there was anything anyone had written about the way that these Spanish girls are being presented in these movies. Yeah. And I literally couldn't find anything. Yeah. But it feels like a stereotype. No, it does. It it does. It's... Because the ethnic minority is a drug addict. Yeah. And ends up being a pole dancer. Yes. And Do we get any of that in West Side Story? I mean West Side Story is set in the like 
50s? Okay. Question mark. I'm, no, not 100% cool. I'm excited sure. to watch that one and I just quite like seeing better representation. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The makeup for, and costume for Carmen here is great. Like, she looks she, like bad. She yeah. does. But really she, bad. And it's in a very well done mm. way. And Shima's the best because Shima's like, here, take all my money, which she immediately spends on drugs. Yeah. But Shima's still like, do you want to know how much money he gave her in the original version of this? How much? A dollar. Really? Mm-hmm. And this Shlomo gives like $50. It's like yeah. his allowance. It was his birthday present from yeah. his gram. But Shlomo's like, you ever need me, you call me. And Shlomo's just the best. Mm. It doesn't matter that she left him probably broken hearted. He's still there for her because it's the right thing to do. And this is a great performance. I don't care about Carmen, but this is a great performance. Yeah, she's wrecked, and it's amazing. Fame! Yeah. But she's definitely flying high. Yeah, Because sure. of the drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she goes instantly from taking $50 off of Shlomo to buying some more drugs. Yes. So this is the last class, and I'm like, why? Is it because one of their... Do you know what it is? One of their students dropped out and died, and no one's ever died before in this school. So that's why. you think why. they sent the other two younger groups like home. yeah like you gotta go get a different education we can't keep it open after this yeah that or after you hit a student that yeah they, they you've hit a student that's gone public oh damn we need to offset this school don't we yep so get the reprise of let's play a love scene which, which I, yeah. I actually kind of liked i liked hearing these two sing together yes. i i really like the actress that's playing serena she's now in starlight express yes. Amazing. But I really don't think they'll stay together. No, they seem like they're going to be together for a couple of months after this. They're going to go to different universities yes. and break yeah. up. One million five hundred seventy-six thousand eight hundred minutes. How, how do you measure the length of fame? Yes, that's how. That's how many minutes in three years. Did you Google that? No, I did the math. Did you actually? I actually sat down <laughs> and did the math. Okay. Carmen, unlike Mimi, did not jump over the moon. She's dead. Straight up. Slimo at graduation tells us that he wrote this song for a friend. No, he didn't. The friend wrote this song. Yeah. But he <laughs> says, I wrote this song and it's for this girl. Who was who was supposed to be in our graduating class, but who isn't here anymore? Actually, she dropped out two years ago. Yeah. So the dead. majority of you don't know her, um, but she's dead now. So we're going to sing about it. He is very talented, though, Shlomo. Yeah. And this song is just fine. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's empty chairs at it, empty tables when they all come forwards. They're all singing it very joyfully. Yes. I don't care that Carmen's dead. We're graduating and the future's bright. Yeah, basically. Like, because quite a lot of them, specifically the drama class, except for Joe, weren't friends with Carmen? No. I don't think we ever saw them interact with her. It was just the band and the dance class. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Yeah. But it does go by so quickly. Like, literally, get in LA, we get the last class and talk about Nick and Carmen not to talk about Nick and Serena about their bright futures and then graduation Carmen's dead mm-hmm. like this third year literally is done in 10 minutes yeah and then that's the end yeah that's the fame end. we graduate they bring Carmen back out we sing fame again now 
I much prefer it to be one year, like I said at the start. Yeah. I think... I feel like we've missed too much of their journey, which I'm sure won't be a complaint when we cover High School Musical 1 to 3. I feel like I'll be getting too much of their journey. You're going to so love it. I'm fully aware I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite here. And again, High School Musical 1, 2, and 3 is three separate films mm-hmm. that all have years in between each other. Yeah, but also if it existed as just the first year... It would still be just the first year. Hmm. Fame, like Rent, too much, tries to be too, too ambitious, too much, yeah. too fast. Pick a lane and stick in it. Now, mm-hmm. if this was the third year... Actually, Carmen's story means far more if she drops out halfway through. If she drops out after six months and people are like, Shlomo's like, you're so close to the end. Come on. It's it's January and you've just got to get to June and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You can do this. And she drops out. Her dropping out is the end of Act 1. Yeah. And then she still dies and actually people might be a little bit more sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do fame again and it it was better than the first time. Because it's longer and it's the fame I was expecting. Yeah. But this this is just okay. Yeah. I I did give it two. Two stars. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. I was expecting more from fame. I have to say. And I don't know if <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> but I don't know if it if it's if it's just this version, or if it's the whole thing. Yeah. You know. I did see a few responses, and I did get a few responses about fame when we we talked about it. And, you know, the responses were, I guess, interesting. Mm-hmm. So the in- responses I got from fame were kind of mixed, that people like fame, but weren't a fan of this production. So on Instagram, Izzy, the audition coach, was really excited to watch it we were talking about it and you know yeah fame and they said i actually prefer the dutch cast recording which also has different songs i liked the in la scene and shlomo and some serena moments other than that it was more of a sentimental thing about stalking it didn't blow me away which i i i, I completely agree with i certainly felt like longing for school days and those friendships and the journey and self-discovery of performance but it just didn't blow me away i, mm. I think more could have been done with it and yeah. it's because they're trying to rush it through i like the set i liked i quite liked the casting i didn't have a problem with the casting no, i think the cast were very talented they were great i just hate the plot of it <laughs> yeah i think this is where i have real issues with it is the plot with rent Bar maybe two or three of the songs. I didn't really like the songs. Yeah. I liked How Are We Gonna Play. Yeah, that one's on your I like that thing. one. I like Out Tonight. Yeah. What about this one? I like more of the songs. You think? Yeah. I think my my skip song for this is definitely Mabel's song. And These Are My Children. Yeah. But I think the rest of them were good. Like Fame is a good song. I really liked Teacher Argument. I'd never heard that one before. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that one. You know, I didn't like the content of I Can't Keep It Down. But it was well performed and I can't fault that. Yeah, this is the thing. The performers are all really talented. Yes. In LA was great. Like, was really good. Especially when you compared it to her first song, 
um, which was There She Goes, like the most kind of change for a character. Mm -hmm. I I liked the songs. I I think they were good and, you know, I I could listen to more of them. Mm Who is your MVP? I've said Shlomo. Why? Because I feel like Shlomo does get a good amount of depth. I did really like it when Shlomo was on stage. I feel like a lot of the moments were done well with Shlomo. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Who's your MVP? A common. Yeah. Because that actress literally, like, you could see the sweat and tears pouring off of her in in LA. I think so, but I think the problem is I didn't get much before that. I don't care about the character, but that actress did a really good job. I actually have for the first time an MUP, which is the most underutilised player. Which is? Which is Goody and Lamb. Yeah. Because I've wanted more from them. I want to know way more specifically about Lamb Chops. Yeah. Because she plays percussion. They're really interesting characters. She also has to go to dance class. Yeah. With the other girls, and you can tell that she does not get along with no, these exactly. girls. No, exactly. I'd like to know more about So interesting. Them. Which role would you want to play? I guess Serena. Yeah? You wouldn't want to be Carmen? No. I mean, I know. I mean, first of all, I would never be cast as Carmen. Yes. And if I was, I would prefer not to be. No. But. I mean, we're talking about, it's obviously, like. Yes. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. No, but I do also... think I'd want to be Serena because my favourite song is Let's Play a Love Scene. Okay, cool. So I would want to get to perform that. I, I said I'd like to play Shalomo. Yeah, I can see why. I feel like he's the only male character that really has something to sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. You know, Goody's great, but and would be fun to play like as a small little, like, you know, have a yeah. few moments. But, like, Nick and Joe don't have much. I'm, obviously, I should know where, I shouldn't be touching a lot of Tyrone. No. It shouldn't even be in contention. And he's a great role and would be a fantastic role for an actor to play. Mm-hmm. Because there, I feel like he's also got a lot of, like, he was also up there for my MVP. Yeah, he's very, he's got a lot of depth. He has got him. a lot of depth, but I'm... I shouldn't be in contention for that in this hypothetical world. Mm-hmm. And Tyrone was fantastic. For me, I think Shlomo is the character I'd most want to play. Cool. What was your favourite song? I put Teacher Argument. I really like Faith, but I know that Faith, that song exists. I like um, Teacher Argument as well. If I'm aware of a song, I tend to try and skip it and, and discount it for my best song where possible mm. because I don't feel that's fair if I already know that song and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because like the whole point of this is I'm discovering things for the first time. And a song I had no idea about and really enjoyed was Teacher yeah. Argument. Because it did, it was confrontation from name is. Like I like that style. Mm-hmm. So. Next week. What are we watching? I don't know. What are we watching? Sister Act. Cool. So, so exciting. Some, oh, Whoopi Goldberg on. Yes, indeed. Excelente. So, who else do you know that's in Sister Act? I actually have no idea. Amazing. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm very excited too. I can't believe I've never watched Sister Act before. I can't believe you've never watched Sister Act because if you'd have seen Sister Act and we were going to be watching Sister Act 2, I would be even more excited than I am right now. But we will be watching Sister Act 2 at some point. Yes, we will. So, that is next week. Very, very exciting to have that episode drop 
next week. I'm very excited. And, and talk about around. Sister Act. Mm-hmm. I'm especially excited because in two weeks we'll be dropping a very special episode. Mm-hmm. It'll be our first episode where we review a piece of theatre that we have seen in person. Because on the 26th of October we're going to drop an episode covering the last five years live. Yeah. We've already watched the last five years and covered it. I have expectations, but it'll be the first time we've A, gone back and rewatched something, mm-hmm. but actually seen some live theatre. Yeah. Which is very, very exciting. And we do have some spooky goodness heading your way for the Halloween season. Ooh. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. Who did that monster mash? I hate that song. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and keep up to date with what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a musical pod on both platforms. Mm-hmm. You can also follow Drew on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram to see more amazing artwork. What are you currently working on this month? This month I'm currently working on Drawtober, so I get to draw something every single day, the whole month of October. I don't know how you are going to fit in podcasting, episode artwork for the podcast, your day job, and Drawtober. I I am in awe of your work ethic. Yeah. Well, I managed it last year, and last year was the first year I've ever done the whole month, so... so... Follow Icarus Illustration on Instagram, Icarus underscore Illo on Twitter, and Icarus Illustration on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And share our Drawtober journey. I say our, it's Drew's journey, but I'm mm-hmm. along for the ride. Yes. Like to give a shout out to at Jared Good on Twitter. He's keeping us in the caffeine this Who's week. He's keeping us in the caffeine. We have this much pep in our step, thanks to Jared Good. So thank you coffee was so appreciated and thank you for your support as always you can listen to us on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher amazon podcasts via the amazon music app and via our og host podbean if you are a fan of our little podcast please leave us a review and share the love tell a friend and get in contact and tell us what you liked about the show. We love hearing from you. We, we've had a few really positive interactions this week that I woke up to see and it just made me smile. So thank you if you are someone who reached out to us and told us you love our show because it makes our day. Yeah, we love hearing from you. Yes, we do. And until next week with our next Musical Monday, we will see you same bat place, same bat. Have a wonderful week.